Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. We're going to look at this passage of scripture. We're going to look at Luke 10, 19, and then we're going to land in Jeremiah 4. We're going to take all these verses together, and it's going to be powerful. Our time together for the next little while until the end of summer, I'm going to be preaching a sermon entitled, Get a Grip, and that's what I'm going to be teaching. It's a sermon season entitled, Get a Grip, and we're going to try, by the grace of God, to get a better grip on our faith, to get a better grip on our hope, to get a better grip on our, our lives, uh, to shape our souls, and to get in line with what God has for us. Are you ready for this next part series? It's going to be amazing. The Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. To preach the good news to the poor. It says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty uh, to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And verses 19 says, and also to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Luke 10 verses 19. Let's go there really quickly. You can bring me to the, and keep me in the NKJV for now. And then we'll go over to the NLT in a second. But Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by shall any means hurt you. Say that after me. Say, nothing by shall any means. Say it again. Say, nothing by shall any means hurt me. That means that God has given you the authority to be able to go out and do what he's anointed you to do, and you will not incur any injuries because nothing will hurt you. Why? Because you are working out the oil that's on the inside of you. Somebody shout, I got oil. Shout it like a believer. Say, I got oil. When we go to our anchor scripture, Jeremiah 8, verses 18 to 22, it's, it's almost a contrary scripture to what we've just read because this is kind of getting to something that is almost like... Um, uh, it's almost like a lament if you look at it. It's basically Jeremiah in this scripture. And he's talking, of course, you know the, 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 the Bible, uh, a large, major, large majority of the Old Testament is basically talking about how the children of Israel are rebelling. And uh, they keep leaving the ways of God. And God keeps telling him, this is what you should do. And they, they can't seem to fall in line with this. So every time uh, a, a God would get it right with them and they would get it right with God for what, whatever reason, they would end up going off track. And so God would raise a prophet or he would raise a judge. And so in Jeremiah, we find the scripture opens up in Jeremiah at the beginning of the book talking about how God chose one man to go into the decree to the people who are rebelling that God is not pleased with what they're saying. Now, I don't know about you, but if God's assignment for me for the rest of my life, uh, if it was in those times, was to say, Israel, I know you're God's people. I know you're chosen by God, but you're messing up. I don't know if I would have the willpower to do so. And so I don't really blame Jeremiah for taking so long to be able to accept his assignment. Has anybody ever had that in their life where you know what God wants you to do, but it's taking you a while to open up to what he wants you to do? Anybody? Let me see by raising hands. Anybody like that? If you ain't like that, then I don't know. That's you. But for some of us that have been there, sometimes it takes us a while to open up to the assignment that which God has for you. And this is a sidetrack. It's completely not even what I'm talking about, but I just feel like talking about it. Somebody came to see me not long ago, and they asked me, they said, Pastor Cook, how do I find the right partner? They said, how do I find the one that's for me? I even met somebody in the barbershop today. I haven't spoken to him in years. The first question he asked me was, Pastor Cook, how do I know that this person I'm talking to is the one for me? And God began to reveal to me in this specific way, and it's tied into what we're talking about. He said that the only way that you can firstly attract who you want is to know who you are. Once you know who you are, then you know 
what you can't deal with, you know who you can't be with, and you know what you can't tolerate. And so I, I, I do it in a three-step module. Firstly is identity. Know who you are and not just, not, just ident- not just have identity in what you want to do, but have an identity in Christ. Know what Christ is saying about you. So number one is identity. After you work your identity and you know who you are, you give birth to your assignment. Your assignment comes out because you know who you are. Your, your, your purpose comes out because you know what God has called you to do. So because you know who you are, God then tells you what you are to do. Now, be, when you know what you are to do, then you know who you can attract and who can help you fulfill the assignment by which God has called you. Am I talking to anybody in this room today? And so the moment you discover your assignment is the moment that you discover your helper for the assignment. And so here in the scripture, you have Jeremiah, and he was so slow to his assignment because he's like, God, I don't even know if you've called me to this. But we just read a scripture that says that, that you have been anointed. So have you ever been in a place where you've been anointed, but you've been stalling your assignment? It's not that you don't have the oil for it, but you haven't put the oil to use. So you have stale oil. Do you know that flies love stale oil? Do you know that what you don't use will become contaminated? What you don't appreciate will depreciate. If I take a brand new car and I put it inside the garage, I take a brand new Maserati and put it inside the garage, and it's brand new, I don't touch it, but I keep it there and I keep it there. After some time, the brand new Maserati that I've placed there will begin to depreciate. It won't look the same way that I, I left it. Am I right or am I wrong? Why? Because you need oil change. You need, it might rust inside there. You need to change the tires. They might go flat. You see, whatever you don't put to use will begin to depreciate. God has given you gifts. Why are you not using it? God has given you oil. Why are you not using it? So Jeremiah in the scripture, he finally gets up to it after a few times and he, now he has a hold on this. Now he says, listen, I'm not even afraid of nobody. I know exactly what I have to say. I don't care if you don't like me. I have an assignment and I'm going to fulfill that assignment. And so he begins to open up this and he's talking to the children of Israel about this, this whole thing about them rebelling and them sinning. And he's talking to Judah and he says, Judah, you're rebelling. And so we pick this up up in the NLT um, and then I'm going to read it in the NKJV. And it says this in the scripture. It says, my grief is beyond healing. This is Jeremiah talking with the heart of God, the heart of the father. He says, my grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. He says, listen to the weeping of my people. It can be heard all across the land. Has the Lord abandoned Jerusalem? The people ask. Is her king no longer there? Oh, why have they provoked my anger with their carved idols and their worthless foreign gods, says the Lord. The harvest is finished and the summer is gone. The people cry. Yet we are not yet saved. It says, I are hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and overcome with grief. Is there no medicine in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why is there no healing for the wounds of my people? If we pick it up in the NLT, can you throw me in the NLT? Uh, or rather the NKJV. Throw me in the NKJV really quickly. And take me from verses 22 in the NKJV. And I'll pick it up from there. Uh, read this with me. All right, here we go. One, two, three, and go. No, we failed that one. That wasn't the proper one. Let's take it A plus. One, two, three, and go. I have a sermon I want to preach tonight. Tap somebody say, you have the bomb. 
said, you have the bomb. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Like, is, are you kidding me? There is no bomb in Gilead? Not some of you guys are like, Pastor, why are you preaching about bomb? Like, lip bomb? It's the only thing I can think of, lip bomb? Why are you preaching about bomb? Let me put this into context to you, okay? So we're talking about the bomb of Gilead. When you talk about Gilead, Gilead was the eastern part of the Jordan within Israel. So if you look at the map of Israel, uh, uh, Jordan was the eastern part of the country, or probably would be on, yeah, this side for you guys, the eastern side. And, And it's talking about this in the scripture. They were actually known for spices. They were known for spices on the eastern side. Uh, and number two, if you're taking notes, is that they were also known for something called balm. The balm was a specific type of ointment, and it's crazy because that ointment is what brought healing. So when you talk about the balm, you're actually talking about the healing power. So it's crazy that these people are asking this question because they're saying, how is there no healing when you within Israel have the balm? I don't understand. If the balm is meant for healing, then let the balm heal. Now, the third thing you got to pick this up is that Israel would look only to Gilead, only to the eastern part, because they know it's only in the east that they have the specific balm. Let's say, for example, if you're looking for oranges, uh, there are some places that don't grow oranges. You want oranges? Go to Florida. Florida, they grow that. Uh, There's specific spices and some herbs and some things that don't grow here. Why? Because the climate is different. So you can't grow those specific things here in Canada. Am I right? Or you're looking at me like I'm not saying anything. Am I right? Am I, am I telling you? So there's some things that only grow in specific places. So the balm was only found in the eastern part of Israel. That's the only place where it was found, by the Jordan. So the whole of Israel, the whole nation would look to, to the Jordan for, for the balm, which was found in Gilead. If you look at this uh, in, in, the, in the text, we're going to go and zoom in really quickly, and then I'm going to say a few things. Um, if you look at this, Jeremiah borrows this, this fact uh, to contrast as an analogy to get through to Israel, who's rebelling right now. And he asks them three questions. So in this, in this text that we're taking from here, which is Jeremiah 8, from 18 to 22, Jeremiah asks the children of Israel three main questions. And we're going to take these three questions and we're going to dissect them and, and figure out what God is saying to us. The number one question that he asked them is this. Is there no king in Israel? So he's basically questioning them saying, doesn't the line of the tribe of Judah dwell in this land? Isn't the king here in this land? That's the first question he asked the children of Israel. Second question he asked them is number two. He says, is there no physician? Is there no doctor? Is there no healer in the whole land of Israel? And number three, he asks them this question. Is there no balm in Gilead? I, I, don't, I don't understand, guys. If your land is, is to be a land of healing, why is there no healing? If your land is to be a land of oil, why isn't your oil not working? I, I, many times I believe we get to that point in our lives where we ask ourselves this question. How come we have the oil but it's not working for us? How come God has given us the healing power but not, we're not seeing blind eyes being opened? How come God has given us the power to trample over serpents and scorpions, but we're not seeing that? How how, how come God, the Bible would say that, you have anointed me to preach the good news, but how come every time I want to preach the good news, I feel like my oil is not working for me? I have good news for somebody. There is balm in this place tonight. The healing power of God is in this place tonight. The oil for healing is in this place. Somebody say, I got the balm. Jeremiah is basically saying this in the scripture. He's saying this to the children of Israel, saying this to the Israelites. He's saying, what 
what you are saying is actually what is not what you're actually seeing. He said there's two different things. You're saying that the king dwells in Israel, but the king is not working. You're saying that you have physicians in Israel, but yet everybody is sick. You're saying that there's balm in Gilead, but yet nobody is healed. So he's saying that what you're saying is not what you're seeing. I don't know if you've ever been placed in that position, Nick, where what you're saying is actually not what you're seeing. Where when your friends ask you how you did on that test, you say, I got an A+, but it's actually not what happened. <laughs> Confession is good for the soul. What did you get? Ah, oh, 95. <laughs> you know you failed. Stop lying. You know you failed. What you are saying is not actually what you are seeing. I pray for five hours. If you pray for five hours, how come we don't feel the weight around? What you are saying is not what you are seeing. Ah, man, oh man, when I, when me and God, when I pray, my goodness, my prayer is like on an express, like, just gets there. I pray, Ramo, and it's there. Like, I don't, I don't have to say the Ramo, but I just, Ramo, and then, just, boom, it just happens. Why? <laughs> but what you are saying is not what you're actually seeing. I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I, I mean, I say and I claim that I live righteous, but then, my God, I, I struggle. I, I say that I live holy, but, man, if you, uh, Jesus, were to give me an opportunity, I think my holiness would be questioned. What I am saying is not what I'm seeing. So Jeremiah basically goes and says to these guys, he says, I know you're saying that the balm is here. I know you're saying that the, the healing power is here. I know you're saying the anointing is in Israel. But how come the anointing is not working for Israel? I know you're saying the oil is here, but the oil is not working. I know you say I've been anointed to preach the good news, but my anointing maybe hasn't come into full effect yet. I don't know. But, you know, the, the Bible says it. The Bible says that when, when in Luke 10, 19, it says, I've given you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions. It didn't say that there was a time frame on it. It just says that those who believe and confess then have the ability to be born again. The moment you are born again, you then have the authority to trample over serpents and scorpions. So it's basically saying that the serpents and scorpions being under your feet is just a matter of you being aware of what's already in you. The oil is already in you. The balm is already in you. It's up to you to be aware of what's already in you. Somebody say, I got it. I got it. Scream it. Say, I got it. I got it. The Lord was in Israel, but signs and wonders were not happening. God was in the place, but yet nothing was happening. You know, you can invite God to be in a place because the Bible says wherever two or three are gathered, there he is. Am I right? Am I telling the truth? This is the gospel. Wherever two or three are gathered, there God is. But, so that means that God's presence would be there, but that doesn't mean his power will be working. And so we see this in the scripture where God is saying, my presence can be in Israel, but yet my power is not working in Israel. You may be looking at yourself and saying, I know I've been anointed, but my anointing is not working. I know, I know that the oil has been poured on my life. Hands have been laid on me. I've come to the altar like a billion times, but yet nothing is working. God was there in name, but God wasn't there in power. God might be in your life in name, but is he allow, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to work on your heart in power? I'm going to say some few things in a second. That's going to cause us to reflect on a lot of things that we've done and reflect on where we are. 
I want us to turn our attention to this scripture. Uh, uh, it's found in, it's the same, it's the same verse, but we're going to look at it in verses 19. Um, it says, listen to the weeping of my people, uh, on and on. But then it goes on to say, oh, why have they provoked my anger with carved idols? So we're looking at two things. We're looking at the bomb, then we're looking at the idol. Now, the interesting thing about this scripture, church, is this, is that the bomb and the idol are contrary to one another. The reason why, and, and hear what I'm saying, watch this, the reason why the bomb is not working is because God doesn't like to compete with idols. God doesn't like to compete with something that you've placed above him. So it's not that you don't have the oil, it's that you have an idol. Now, what is an idol? Uh, it's so interesting that idolatry is very simple. Idol is anything you place before God. It's anything that you feel as though, man, I cannot live without. You know, the Bible says even your spouse, he will take away if you put him above or put her above God. Anything you place above God, he will take away. So when you're talking about the scripture, it's very simple. The Bible is saying this. The Bible is saying that there is balm on the inside of you. There is the healing power that you've been anointed. The Bible says, I have been anointed. I have the oil. But if you have the oil, why is the healing power not working? It's because you got an idol somewhere. You hide in something. There's an idol somewhere. There is something that you're doing. There is, there is, there is, there is something that you've set up. There, 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 is a, there is something you have done. There is an idol somewhere. There's something you've placed above God. And it's the thing you've placed above God that is hindering the flow of the bomb. But tonight I've come to decree and declare somebody is getting rid of the idols. Because you are throwing away the idols in your life. I don't care what it may be. I don't care what it is. The idols have to come out. You know why? Because if you ever want the oil to flow, you need the idols to go. I'm so serious. You know, and, and these are one of those sermons that if you really allow this seed to land on good soil, it will change your life. I'm telling you, I'm here and I'm throwing seeds all over the place. Some of it, some people are paying attention, 75%, 50%, 25%, 10%, 5%, 100%, 90%. If you zoomed into what God was saying right now, the reason why you're struggling would come to an end. Do you know there is healing that God wants to use you to do? There is, your father may be sick and all it takes is for you to lay hands on your father. Why has he not come to life if you keep laying hands on him? It's because there's an idol you have not thrown apart. There is something you have not teared apart. There is something you have not gotten rid of. There is an idol. There is an idol somewhere. The Bible says it right here. The Bible says, is there no longer a king? Is there no longer a physician? Don't you guys have the bomb? Don't you have the anointing? Jeremiah's like mocking them. He's like, don't you have the oil? Don't you have the king? Don't you have the physician? But why have you also had idols where you also have the bomb? You see, there's one or two. You, you, you don't have a choice. It's one or the other. I've come tonight to provoke somebody tonight. That it's either the bomb or it's the idol. Is the bomb or is the idol? Is the anointing or it's the idol? Is the anointing or anything else? Can I dare say that the bomb is the oil that's been placed upon your head? The bomb is that anointing that gives you the ability to do what no man can do. There was something God wants you to do. But you got to get rid of that thing that you keep struggling with. 
it, it, it was cute, but now you have to overcome it. It, it, was, it was cute for some time. The devil would play around with you a little bit. But now, the Bible says that when I became a man, I left childish things. Some of us are behaving like men, but we're children still. Playing with children idols, but we are in the form of men and women. God is saying tonight, he's called me. He spoke to me so specifically. He said, start this series off by praying against and get ridding and getting rid of idols because I cannot work through them until they get rid of idols that hold them down. What is idols? Idols is splitting your attention. God, I love you, but I love this too. God, I love you, but I love him. I love you, but I love it. And, and the funny thing about it is that our idols don't have to be too far from us. I'm not talking about idols simply in the form of people. Idols can be in the form of your own success. I, I, I fantasize about, about the career I'm going to have, and I put that and place that above God. And God is saying, I, I, there shall be no other God before me, be, be beside me, ahead of me. There shall be no other God. You shall serve no other God. So there only can be one. God is not saying, I brought you into this life to serve two gods. I don't have the time for you to try to pay attention to me and try to pay attention to it. God's saying, I'm a jealous God and I need you to focus only on me. This is not the type of sermon I know that you're going to scream and you're going to shout. But it's the word of the Lord. God is saying, what type of idol? You know, some, the, the thing is funny about it, Shane, is, is sometimes our idol is literally our self-image. How we appear is such an idol. You're more interested in how you appear before God than you are about how your heart is set before God. I'm more interested in the shoes. That, oh. I know I can't get no help in here tonight. I know I'm not going to get no help in here tonight. I'm more interested about how I appear before the worshipers of God than I am interested in how my heart is postured before the king. It's an idol. It's an idol. It's an idol. How do I, how, 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 how my attention is split. I'm so in love with my self-image. I'm so in love with how I appear. I'm so in love with me. I'm in love with me. I am in love with me. But God, I see, when will you get over your childish behavior? Because I have a manly and a womanly mandate for you. My assignment is bigger than you struggling with idols at this level. I have something greater I want to do. Tap somebody say greater, 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 greater. Say, say greater, greater, greater. God, I, say, I have greater that I want to do. I have more that I'm trying to impart. I have things that I want to do. But I am looking for you to get over the idols because tonight is do or die. Tonight it's idol or the ball. Either you let the oil you already have start working or the oil in you grows stale and the idol in you becomes number one. I, I quite recall there was a time in my life where I had a decision between idol or bomb. Idol or bomb. And the funny thing about it is that it keeps reoccurring. It's not something that you stop. It's a decision that you have to make. That I continually choose the bomb. The bomb of Gilead. I continually, continually choose the bomb of Gilead. The, the, uh, I remember growing up and I got to the stage in my life where God was calling us to start this ministry. And, and I quite remember back then my idol or what I thought was so important to me, what I thought was, uh, I, I literally held as the highest esteem that I possibly could, was simply my status, my popularity. My status before people, the way that 
the way that my name would sound to people, the way that I would look in the eyes of others. And, you know, I quite remember that I was really involved, I was really in love, rather, with, with my popular, you know, popularity status. And I remember through high school, I had a, you know, high school was great, and we had a great time. And, and by God's way, I was, I was really popular, and I knew a lot of people, and I did a lot of things. And, uh, you know, the whole prom thing, the sports thing, the jock thing, the music thing, we did a whole lot, students council and all that stuff. And I remember coming out, and I was so in love with that that I placed how I looked, how I sounded, and, and how my name would sound to others, more, more importantly than how I felt that I would look in front of God. And I got to the point in my life where God was calling us to start this ministry. Tasha, and I had to look to myself. I really had to look to myself. And I said, can I actually go through with it to the point where I can throw away this idol? The balm that God wanted to release was an anointing for a generation. But can I dear say it, that the, 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 the more potent the oil, the more difficult it is to crash the idol. The anointing that you attract. Some of you guys are saying, man, I want the anointing of Pastor Kofi. I want the oil. I want the grace. I want the ability to do what he does and even greater because you will do greater than me. And I want the anointing upon T.D. Jakes and upon Dr. Ralph. And I want to prophesy like prof. And I want to, you know, do this like this person. Do that. But the thing about it is that if you want to do and have that specific oil, you have to be willing to break that specific idol. The greater the oil you want, the more tougher it is or the tougher it is to break the idol you have to. The idol I broke in, in the form of accepting a call came in the form of me losing friends. Are you prepared to do that? Friends will leave you. People will talk behind you. People will backstab you. People will look at you three ways. People will say, he's trying too hard. People will say, how can he switch up like this? People will talk behind you. They will say things about you. They will say, oh, he's just privileged. That's why he's doing this. And he's doing this. And he's doing all this. And I'm telling you that in order for you to enjoy an anointing that you want, in order for the bomb to work, the idol has to cost you. You got to feel the idol being taken away. The only reason why, and let me just say this, the only reason why Israel really liked idols is because it was something that they could see. But God wasn't somebody that they could see. They only saw him in the form of how he acted. They only felt his presence. They only saw him come upon people, but they couldn't see him physically. It was only a select few people who knew the ways of God, but Israel only knew the acts of God. So they wanted somebody. They wanted an idol. They wanted somebody. Listen, don't put something before God just because you can see it. My girls before God, I don't have time to come to church anymore. I can't serve anymore. I don't want to submit anymore. I don't want to be disciplined anymore. I don't want to do anything anymore. Why? Because I can see, I can't, I can't see God, but I can see everybody else. I can see everything else. God is saying this. God is saying that in this place tonight, there was a breaking of, of idols because in order for us to walk in greater anointing, we have to break bigger idols. And let me just say this. You've broken many idols to get to where you're sitting right now. If I'm to pass this mic around, some of you guys have broken idols. Some of you guys have sacrificed things. But let me tell you something. That even though you've sacrificed bigger idols, there's still smaller idols. It's just smaller things that God is calling us to break tonight. God is calling us to get over tonight. 
And so when starting this ministry, Pastor Ryder, I remember there's a time that we came to where it was literally do or die. I remember one time somebody came to me and sent me a text, and I, I checked up on them, Pastor Ryan, and I said, um, you know, how are you doing? You know, it's been a long time since I've seen you, so on and so on. You know, I'm just trying to be sweet, you know. It's been a long time, you know, you know, you know how that go, you know. And you know what she sent me back? She's like, don't fool yourself. Don't kid yourself. We're not friends. I said, so I know you this whole time. So when I was taking you out to Starbucks, we weren't friends. <laughs> I ain't bitter. I ain't bitter. I ain't bitter. I ain't salty. So when I gave you my homework, we weren't friends. So when I did your... So we weren't friends then, eh? When I gave you a ride to the club, we weren't friends. But, but now that I've crossed over and I've broken that idol, I've disassociated myself with that idol. Now you want to say that you don't know me? I'm trying to tell you something. That there needs to be a lifting. There needs to be a breaking in order for you to walk in some specific types of oil. Some of you guys here need the anointing not just to be upon you, but to be activated in you. But it cannot be activated in you until you break what is holding you down. Oh my. Somebody say preach. I feel it tonight. I feel it. At least say ouch. There's greater levels of oil. There's greater levels of anointing. There's deeper realms in God. God, you think this is all to God, Nick? What? God is like a bottomless ocean. There's no end to him. When you think think you know him, you actually don't. When you think you figured him out, he switches his face. He switches his side. So don't get in love with God on one side. He's ever-changing. He's always evolving. He's changing into something new. And so I had to deal with that idol in my life. And I had to get to the point. And you know, it's so difficult specifically when you're, when you're dealing with people and, 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 and letting go with people, letting go of people, I should say. It's, it's so hard, specifically with an idol, because this is something that you so cherish that you put and place above God. And ever since I was a child, I've always loved friends around me. I've always loved having people around me. My dad always knows. My dad's like, Kofi, you and friends. You do anything for a friend. Like, I would throw myself in. I would do whatever. I would do whatever it takes because I believe in relationships. I believe in friendships. And my dad said, that's a good thing. It's a blessing. But it's also one of your weaknesses. Because he says that you will do anything. And I almost gave up my call because of popularity. Because of what people would think of me. Because of what people would say of me. And in the process of letting go of that idol, you're forgetting that sometimes even though the, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Even though the idol may be broken, the idol mentality and actions in you may still still be there in there somewhere. You see, the children of Israel left Egypt, but Egypt hadn't left them yet. You could be walking through the walking through the wilderness, but they were still behaving like they were in Egypt. They they caught on to the Egyptian culture. Why? Because even though you may have broken the idol, it takes time for the activities and the actions of the idolatry to leave you. Now you cannot be upset with yourself because I've broken the idol, but I cannot break free from the thought of thinking about the idol. It takes time every day after you take one step away from it and another step away from it and another step away from it. Sooner or later you begin to adapt the nature of God the nature of the bomb and then the oil begins to work is this too deep for you there is an anointing there is an oil there is a bomb and the bomb is waiting 
to be released on the inside of you. Let's be on our feet. I don't want to go any further tonight. easy to break the big idols. What about the small ones? Small ones are so small that nobody sees them. But God is looking for complete breaking of idols because there's no way your idol and the bomb can be working in the same place, in the same heart, at the same time. That's why some people would say, God is working through this person in a specific way, but he's also working through this person in a different way, and the anointing is manifesting in their life at a greater level. Why? It's because they've decided to sacrifice and break more of their idols. They've broken more so that they can receive more. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of a lifestyle that is one day bomb, one day idol. One day bomb, one day idol. One day let the oil work through me. One day let me go back and retreat back. One day Israel behavior, one day Egyptian behavior. I'm, I'm, I'm fed up with that in my heart. I'm asking God tonight for a complete restoration, for a complete brokenness, for a complete, God, break these idols that hold me down. Break these things that continually hold me. Now, I don't want this to be another moment for you where you say, oh my gosh, this same moment is going to happen next week, in the week afterwards, in the week afterwards. Why don't you allow this moment to minister to you? Why don't you allow God in this moment to begin to speak to you as you speak to him? Now, I don't know what type of idols you're dealing with. I don't know what, what is the big thing for you. What is a small thing for you? You may be watching online. You may be watching wherever this. You may be seeing this sermon from weeks and years down the road. In this same moment, in this same atmosphere. Church, I just want you to simply just open up your mouths right now for about two minutes before we go. And I want you to identify the idol. You know what it is. I want you to identify the idol. And I want you to allow yourself, allow God to help you in releasing it. You know what it is. Begin to open up your mouth in this moment. Begin to speak to God. Search your heart. Search your heart. Search your heart. Search your heart. Rim 
Remadori Aradabasiri Aradabasari Remadori Aradabasari Aradabakari Aradabah Riamandari Aradabasari Aradabas Remana Mandiri Aradabasatiri Remandori Aradabasatiri Aradabasatisha Remandori Aradabasiri Aradabah Maybe out there tonight you're saying, Pastor, I want the anointing, I want the oil, I want the balm to flow in my life. I want the balm to flow. I want, I want the oil to flow. I don't want to have it by way of fact because I'm a believer, but not have it actually operative in my life, in my heart, in my spirit. I don't want it to be by name. I also want it to be by power. If you're out there like that, you say, Pastor, I want this oil to work in my life, work through my life. I want you to meet me. I want to stand with you in prayer tonight. I want to stand with you in prayer. I want the oil to work in my life. I want this balm to work in my life. I want it to work. I'm willing to make it work. Now, some of us in this room will keep our idols, and that's great. But I'm looking for people that are saying, I want the balm to work in my life. I want the anointing to work. Meet me here at this altar tonight. You have an appointment with God right here. At the, you have an appointment with God. You have an appointment with God. You have an appointment with God. You have an appointment with God here. You have an appointment. This is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Some people like your idols. That's fine. That's fine. This is for those that are saying, I want the bomb to work. I want the anointing to work in my life. Remando 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 Some of you might be saying, man, I know I've been anointed for ministry. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I'm a pastor. I'm a leader in my church. But yet still, I'm not seeing the growth that I expected. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something for God, but I'm not seeing the results I expected. Why? It's because there's an idol. There's an idol. There's an idol. There's an idol. I want you in this moment right now, those who are standing out, God bless you if you come down here. I want you to begin to pray out to God right now and I want you to pray and ask God to activate the balm on the inside of you. Ask him to activate the oil on the inside of you. Ask him, say, God, I want it to work. I want it. Pray a prayer of desperation. Pray a prayer of surrender. Tell him, God, I want this oil to work. I want this oil to work. I want it to work. Come on, begin to open up your mouths right now. We're going to pray against idols in a second, but we got to first let God know that we're serious about this thing, man. We're serious about this. We're serious. You may be watching online tonight. You may be watching wherever you are. 
I want you to begin to pray out right now in this atmosphere. Begin to pray, say, God, I need your oil to work for me. I need your anointing to work for me. Lift up your voices right now. Open your mouths. Begin to pray right now. God, I need your oil to work for me. God, I need your oil to work for me. God, I need your anointing to work for me. God, I need this oil to work on the inside of me. I need it to work. I need it to work. God, activate this bomb. Activate this bomb. Tonight is do or die. It's bomb or it's idol. It's bomb or it's idol. It's anointing or it's whatever you're in. It's anointing or it's whatever you're addicted to. It's anointing or it's whatever you're struggling with. It's anointing over whatever you can't overcome. It's anointing or whatever. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.